Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is Intersections. It's part of World War Cthulhu Cold War series. Matthew Sanderson is our game master, and this is episode eight. So, without further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Matt? All right, thank you very much, Tom. So, we left it on the, um, the end of the last episode with a uh, little bombshell going off about a certain lady by the name of Helena that um, you'd identified as H, given that she is a dreamer in the dreamlands wearing a yellow dress. I'm currently talking with Miriam Co Coach and Ayagul uh, Damanji in the antique bookstore in the book bazaar in Istanbul. So, Igul, you know the, who this Helena is? Um, Igul, you can see her eyebrows raise above her uh, dark tinted sunglasses. And she just shakes her head. No, this, this is the first I've heard of this. Can, can you explain, Miriam? Uh, Miriam, you can see she is a little caught off guard. Um, she hesitantly answers, saying, well, I, I, I met another, another dreamer. That's, Helen is just, a, as far as I'm aware, just another dreamer based in somewhere in the city. Uh, she was a little reluctant to give details. I mean, it's like people meeting in a, in a bar for the first time. You're not too sure uh, whether you can trust them or not. So she just gave her first name and just said she, she lived in Istanbul. Um, I, I see her occasionally. Um, she comes to the Citadel. She's helped a lot with uh, with creating the art, creating the Citadel. But yeah, I, I've always got on well with her. She always seems a nice, polite person. I, I don't see what, what the problem is. Well, what, who, who, what is what is H that you say? Are you saying that she's actually you've seen her outside of the Dreamlands here in the city? No, no, I've, I've only ever met her in the Dreamlands. Only she, in the Dreamlands. Okay. Um, she uh, she's quite possessive of her privacy in the um, in the waking world. She says, but she's quite happy to talk and help um, with my needs in in the dreamland. And you haven't told Igor about this. I didn't see any need to. Uh, she looks over at Igor, and the two definitely pass a look as if one is saying, I hope that's all right. And the other one was saying, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's come to our attention that there are certain hostile entities and we don't know for sure, but our encounters with Helena, I'll assume that it's the same person because of the H that that it is. Um, she hasn't been too favorable towards us. She has locked us in places. She has done things that seem rather hostile. Um, when we were in the Citadel and we saw you up in the tower, she was there. Did you know that she was there? No, she looks genuinely surprised. Um, no, I, I didn't see anyone other than other than you. 
well, we're not, we're not really used to this whole dream world thing. You seem to be the experts. We don't know what that means or what's going on. Perhaps you should be, perhaps you should reassess what you think is dangerous and what you think is safe. She nods. Um, I've, I've known her for, for some time now, nearly, well, several months anyway. Um, we met very shortly after um, Herzik passed away. But she, she's, she has helped me a lot getting over that and helped me rebuild my confidence and helped me come back out of my shell. Because I was, I was very withdrawn after, after the whole incident. I mean, but wouldn't, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you be after your lover was shot? Of course. But, uh, I was... I was paranoid. I didn't even leave the house for for a long, long time, and it was her that finally helped me helped me kind of reintegrate with the world. So you've actually spoken to her quite well. Perhaps it's not the same person. Perhaps this H is just a coincidence. But I mean, there are other people who go into this dream world. Apparently, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Not not many. Uh, it seems to be a lost art in the in the current day. Um, plus, there are there are other more conventional methods of getting to the, um, getting to the dreamlands that take you to more distant places. Uh, one of the original ways that I found to go there was to head down the, the the steps of light slumber to the cavern of flame, and then down from there into the enchanted forest and the enchanted wood. And where is this located? Oh, these are, it's just a, it's a symbol, it's an image that appears in many people's dreams. Oh. There, there's lots of uh, different interpretations as to what the dreamlands are, but whether they are a communal shared subconscious, um, that there are reoccurring motifs, like, for instance, the, uh, the stairs, that people just see an opening in their regular personal dreams that then the staircase connects them to the greater, sub, uh, the greater human subconscious and that then dreamers all enter the dreamlands at one particular place. Um, there are others that, such as where we are, where you can enter almost a reflection of the waking world. Um, the, whole, the whole dreamlands world is a complicated and very, at times, confusing geography. It's... You ask three or four different dreamers and you're going to get three or four different interpretations as to what, what it actually is and how it works. Are we technically in the dreamlands now? I, I very much would, um, would hope not. Otherwise, I'm questioning my, uh, questioning my ability to uh, hmm. discern between waking and dreaming. <laughs> All right. I'm suddenly she laughs a little nervously at that. <laughs> I'm suddenly thinking of that famous... Uh... Um, Asian, the, 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 the philosopher who dreamt that he was a butterfly and then when he woke up he wasn't sure whether he was a, a human dreaming of a butterfly or a butterfly dreaming of a human. <laughs> Couldn't tell the difference. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, what what shall we do well, uh, you, you've cloaked us, as you say. I'll go not. 
And this allows us to function without being observed by whoever it is. Sort of psychic power. Well, similar to what we can do, um, we can look to the future with a specific question. We look for the probability of certain events occurring. So, for instance, if you weren't cloaked, we could say, when is the most likely time, or basically, when will you awaken in two days' time? And we would have a particular time that would allow us to then, we could phone you the minute you wake up, for example. Um, but now, if anyone tried to view you in the time, um, you ask a question like that, they wouldn't see anything. You are effectively removed from the recording of time for at least a week. May I ask a question? Oh, by all means. Um, and it relates to the, um, the practice of cloaking us. Mm -hmm. Who do you imagine would be um, attempting to define, divine our, our actions in this way? She sighs as she evidently looks a bit stumped. Well, it has to be someone that has an ability similar to ourselves. Um, either a rival cult of Daloth that want to use uh, that want to use the god for their own for their own methods. Um, maybe others that draw their power from a different source. Um, there's there's numerous ways that one can manipulate time and different different deities or different higher authorities that they could they could draw such power from. So it's not a needle in a haystack, but there's certainly a lot of suspects out there. Mm. Presumably, but, though, you must know of some active groups in the region. Well, the largest, and only because it's a particularly large um, has a large following would be a group that potentially worshipped a deity like Yogg-Sothoth. It's um, the otherwise known as the key and the gate, um, the lurker at the threshold. That because it's it's a god that has attracted a lot of attention over the years, over centuries, millennia. I'm sorry. Um, what was the, the name of this this deity? Uh, Yogg-Sothoth is one name for it. A strange name. What language is that from? I an old one. Whether it's a language or whether it's whether it's just a name, it's what what nationality does this deity come from? Is it Greek or doesn't sound Greek? No, um I don't believe it's a a almost like a human pantheon. Um I've so I've done a fair bit of research on the wider cosmology. This this being is tantamount to being time itself. Um, it's a manifestation of time, space. So the god of time. <laughs> let, let me put my question another way. Um, Given the circumstances under which we find us, we are, we are essentially insulated 
from the outside world for this moment. Um, so I, th I think it's 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 concordant that we behave with a certain degree of candor, and I, and I, I'm willing to share information with you. Mm -hmm. um, now, I have heard that among the groups that are active in this region, there's your group, there's the Black Brotherhood, there's the Order of the Yellow Sign, or the Brotherhood of the Yellow Sign. I, I can't remember which. which you you can see her, her cogs ticking in her head for a second and then a, a penny drop moment of realization and then, oh, oh. And previously, or historically, Brotherhood of the Skin. Mm -hmm. Now the Brotherhood of the Skin was all but wiped out and another group moved in. Mm -hmm. Who are that group? Who is that group? Brother? Well, whether it's referring to ourselves, because we, we did become more active once the Brotherhood um, had disappeared, whether it's in reference to us or whether it's in reference to whoever is trying to remove us, it could be either. Hmm. And these people have never shown themselves. This I was to understand that it was a group that moved in and wiped out the Brotherhood of the Skin at the same time. Yes, yes. In, in which case, then it's definitely not us. We've never we've never killed anyone. We never had that intention. We we are completely as we were see. We are completely benevolent. We only have humanity's best interests at heart. Well, since this um, Deolaf seems to know everything, is there a way to ask him the answer to this question, or does he only work for time? that I can ask him the probability. Of. Surely the, the event has happened in the past. It's, it's, it's a, a concrete fact now. She, she nods. It's, it is possible to ask a question like that. Um, admittedly, I've asked a lot of questions in my time. And each question that you ask of the god, it takes a higher cost. So for myself, taking, for me to ask that kind of question, it's going to run the risk of destroying me. I've asked a lot of them in the past. But well, what's involved in asking the question? I've obviously not asked any questions. What's the cost? You effectively put yourself in direct contact with the god, and the god extracts its cost. I'm, I'm in the form of... Uh, uh, life energy, uh, blood? Uh... A combination of the two. Um, <laughs> that was just a wild guess. <laughs> yeah. um, you, as you will um, be aware, as when you went in for cloaking, that Stairloff only took a drop of blood. Um, this is almost like forming a sympathetic connection um, between yourself and it. Um, that it will ask and it will take more, exponentially more, each time you ask something. Um, it won't drain you dry, it's not a vampire. Um, but it will sap more and more of your, whether you want to call it willpower, um, your soul, your energy, it will drain more and more and more with everything that you ask. If you are 
if you want to go down that route, I won't stop you. And I'm more than willing to teach you how to do this. Because if this grants us our safety, then I'm willing to, willing to help. Um, I'm a man of science. I want to know everything. Um, I had, I would have no objections. I'd, I would, I'd give an ounce of blood for an ounce of information. I don't know. Okay. Um, um, in which case I can point you in the right direction. Um, this will take some time uh, for you to learn how to do this. Okay. Um, the only caveat or only request that I would put on this is that the book I'm going to give you, you return to me intact when you're finished. Of course. Um, she looks at Miriam and there's a nod between them as if they know what's going to be said. Um, Miriam then lifts one of the um, tapestries that's in the room that you're in, where you've got to recap for the description from the last episode. You're in a fairly dark room with a round table and stools in the middle of it where you've got a crystal ball and tarot cards laid out. There are tapestries hung all around the room so that it blocks all the light coming in from the uh, frames of the doors that lead in. Okay. Uh, one of the tapestries she lifts up. It's not the same as the door that leads either into the dark room where you uh, were cloaked, where the ceremony took place, or back out into the bookstore is a third door. Um, it's also somewhat, somewhat narrower and smaller. Um, she heads up there. Oh, she, she opens it and you can see a narrow staircase heading up, so that's evidently the way they get to the top floor. Um, she heads in, you can hear her go upstairs and a matter of maybe a minute, two minutes pass and she comes back down uh, bearing a what looks to be old leather bound book. A description of... Let's just break that out for a bit. Yeah, it's a small octavo um, volume. Oh, not correction, folio size volume, 200 pages. Um, looking at the binding, it looks like it's been hand bound. Um, flicking through, it looks also handwritten as well. Uh, the, the book is written in Greek. Well, how's my Greek? My Greek is very nearly non-existent, but I guess I could use a lexicon. It's going to take a while. Does anyone have any Greek? No, I, I only speak Russian and English. That's I've got funny. German, English, and Turkish. And there are some similarities with Russian and Greek, but not really the language. The the I I know the letters. Yeah, very different alphabet. Um, how much, what, out of reference, what percentage have you got in Greek? Who, me? Yeah. Zero. Oh, right, okay, so he's not next to nothing. <laughs> it not only is next to nothing, it is nothing. Yeah. But I know what a lexicon is, so. Yeah. In um, which case, yeah, you, you can get it translated. Um, she will point towards the relevant sections, which will be um, helpful for you. Okay. So that you don't have to translate the whole book, because otherwise that would take forever. Well, and could I maybe come back and have instruction from her? Well, that's what I'd ask her. 
-hmm. is it possible to come back and have instructions from you on how to she she nods um it is possible to pass on such information from person to person it's more i wouldn't say reliable to do it from the uh, from the original source but it also then just in case don't don't take this the wrong way but if you become compromised then you being with me for any more extended period of time also potentially compromises me hence why i was more more willing to give you the book to research from all right all right. Well, I'll, I'll do what I can. If I have any questions, I'll I'll ask you, mm -hmm. or I'll ask Miriam and have Miriam ask you. However, we need to so, uh, keep your security. They both know that works for us. Thank you. What's the name on the book? Well, the name is in Greek, um, but she can translate for you. Uh, the book is "The Heavens Beyond the Veils." Okay. Why does that sound familiar? I guess just maybe the veils that I've heard. It has come up um, in um, in your last last trip to a library, uh, where you wanted to know a little bit more about Daleoth and found the connection between there and the astronomy and the observatory, okay. saying that the heavens beyond the veils was a book that was known to be stored at the observatory, but then lost to history when it burnt down. Ah, looks like history has found it. <laughs> Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm clucking with happiness. <laughs> so you mentioned that this taking of the blood kind of formed a bond between ourselves and Delef. Yeah, she nods. A, a sympathetic connection at best. How does that actually work? Now, can Delof actually keep tabs on us, for lack of a better term, when we're out in the world having conversations, doing our job? She she pauses and thinks, only if it, only if it wanted to. Um, I don't see why it would want to, though. But we are merely ants crawling across one small rock in a vast cosmos why it would want to look at us out of its own volition when there is so much to explore in the rest of the universe. Are you saying that Daloth is like, is like a power source and you're simply tapping into it and it's not even, it doesn't care. It doesn't really have a, an agenda. It exists outside of time and exists outside of space as we know it. That we are infinitesimally small compared to its own concerns. I, I wouldn't demean it and say that it's just a power source, like a battery that we plug into. It is a, many would refer to it as a god. Certainly a godlike power compared to our measly form. Well, you said we were infinite, in, infinitesimal. Mm -hmm. We are fleas <laughs> drawing a little bit of stuff from Daloth and he is barely aware that we're even... <laughs> That, that would probably be a closer analogy. <laughs> um, Miriam yawns in the um, in the corner. Bear in mind, this is this is the middle of the night. Yeah. Uh, yes. So um, then, Igu turns. Uh, yes, the the hour is um, 
drawing late or early, depending on your um, your way of looking at it. Um, did you have any other questions from ourselves, or are you are you happy for us to um, pause here and then pick up a conversation later? Well, just one question: Is H or if H is Helena, she no longer able to see where we are because of this cloak? If she is looking at you by scrying through time, then yes. All right. If she is using any other methods, whether it be watching your dreams or looking at you down the barrel um, through a scope of a sniper's rifle, then unfortunately, yes, you'll be able to see you. All right. Gentlemen, any other questions? I think this is enough for one night. I'm kind of used to dealing in, with reality a little bit more, so this is a bit much to take. I say we grab some rest. We've got a busy day here soon. Future meetings, can we just go through Miriam? Yes, um, if you contact Miriam at the university, then she will be able to arrange a meeting. Um, you obviously know where we, we live and operate now. Um, you could come directly to the bookstore, but I would prefer contact through Miriam first. All right. Just like I say, just in case you are compromised and don't know it, then leading someone to our front door may not be beneficial to our health. Oh yes, and when do we come back to the reinvigorated? So that re say some, some of you were easier to work on than others. Um, I would say for safety's sake, we do this again in seven days. Seven days. All right. Gentlemen, thank you very much, Eagle. Thank you very much, Miriam. Um, we we know the way out. Yep. We'll, we'll lock up after you've gone. All right. So I assume then we leave. And how did we get here? By cab, maybe? Yeah, pro, um, cab, cab in the middle of the night, I think. Cab's functioning in the middle of the night at this point? Yeah, on, on the major roads. So you maybe have a little bit of a walk okay. to get to one of the, um, one of the more... <laughs> Uh, frequented streets, but then from there you can get a ride back to the apartment without any problem. So, as soon as we're out of the building and down the street and trying to hail a, tag, a cab, I can't help but comment and say, what a load of horse shit. <laughs> I'm like, this is, uh, you know, there may be something going on here that has some scientific basis, but all this religious bullshit is we're gonna have to wade through that but i thought you'd seen evidence of some of this stuff yeah. i you know this tesseract you mentioned before. seeing something doesn't mean that you, that it's what you what somebody tells you that it is i could be seeing a machine that i have no idea what it is and somebody tells me that it's a god come on Remember that a sufficient level of technology is indistinguishable from magic. Arthur C. As, as Clark Kent said, yes. Clark Kent. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm going to go through this ponderous volume here and see what I can make of it. And the very fact that in order to, I, I'm, I'm going to couch this in, in uh, you know, just terms that I think, is to in order to join this religion and gain the mysteries, I have to read this monstrous tome in a foreign language it just sounds like a whole bunch of cult stuff but you know well, i think that also think that precaution should be taken to keep the book safe 
Oh yeah, yeah. I think this is a valuable book. I I found references to this to the is either a copy or the original, but I found references to this text. It's handwritten, so it's probably original or a hand. Right. Copy. But uh that it was that's missing from the uh the museum. Uh, yeah, don't stick it in your nightstand along with the Gideons or whatever, so Yeah, we'll keep it someplace safe. But I think that uh I think that like so many other cases out in the world is uh, somebody actually found something interesting, some phenomena, and they've created a religion. Out of it. And uh, I don't think that she's, what, what did she claim, 400 and some odd years old? Come on. How many times has that come up in history? People claiming to be uh, the, the uh, Comte de Saint-Germain uh, in... Uh, you know, was part of the, the royal court and pretended that he was, oh, yes, I had dinner with Ramses II. Come on. <laughs> Everyone's so, always royalty. No one's ever like, exactly. you know, a baker or a shit shoveler. You know, yeah. they're, they always come back as royalty. It must be wonderful to be somebody who's actually in contact with a god, mm. the god of time. But no, I think we have I think we have other things to occupy our time for now. Well, I say all that aside, being members of uh, 46, that we need to look and see if we can find what's really going on here and just, you know, take everything else with a grain of salt. And there's definitely something going on. Here. I, I, I'll help you out with the, uh, the book as well. Okay. Um, if, I, if I can. I mean, I don't know Greek either. Well, the the alphabets the alphabet's very similar to similar. Cyrillic. Yeah. Uh, um, there's a few letters that we that they have in Russian that they don't have in Greek, but most of the ones they have in Greek they have in Russian too. So, um, we'll just get a big old lexicon. Thank God the lexicon's about that thick, and this book's about that thick. So, as you've only been given a couple of pages to reference. Um, Hopefully, shouldn't take you too long. Right. So I will get. Uh, I will go to uh, the library, or I will order uh, a lexicon so that we have it with us, and I can just purchase one at a bookstore. Maybe. Um, I used to actually own a lexicon like this thick and like that. Big. <laughs> um, especially if, if this is ancient Greek or biblical Greek. Uh, if is it a bound? It's a bound. Folio. Yes. It's handbound. So probably, you know, in the last thousand years or so. Well, how old is it? Look. That's that's what I'm guessing. Before that it would be scrolls or what praise skill have you got? Uh, praise skill. Uh five. I just I've got art, craft, and forgery. Oh. Um, something about book binding. I'll give you a forgery roll if you want to see if you can determine how old it is. Sure. No. Um, I'm probably holding the book upside down. <laughs> I, I have actually got a praise. Oh. Ah, okay. Not, what are not you very thinking? good, but I have got it. Uh, got give it a whirl. 25. So, um... It's a chance. 90. Ah, you're holding it upside down too. Well, I do know that if there well, is Greek a date, to me, 
We'll be here all week. Try the veal. If there is a date written in this book, it presents a problem because Greeks didn't use numbers. They used letters to be numbers. So it's a, yeah, it's a little tricky to try to figure out exactly if that's a number or if that's a word or anything like that. What's this Kilroy was here? I don't understand that. Kilroyos. Kilroyos comes from the Greek. Kilroyos. <laughs> kimono. Right. Let's, kimono. Let's get back. Yeah, let's get some week. You know, if my timeline is correct, we're meeting at noon today at the cafe. You certainly are. Yeah, I think we need to be frosty for that. So let's get some rest and uh, kind of put this aside for now. We got other things to focus on right now. All right. So we get back and I. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, wrap the uh, the tome in a piece of cloth, maybe a towel, and uh, put it in my traveling case. Mm-hmm. And uh, can I say that there's like a little lock on my traveling case just to make sure that nobody they could break it open, but hopefully they won't even bother, you know. Um, I, I was just sort of thinking, um, Doctor Jacoby. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it occurs to me that um, I'm a cryptographer, oh. and um, I was wondering whether that might perhaps be of any use in terms of deciphering. The three of us can get together language. tomorrow. I'll, I'll I'll have a lexicon, um, you know, as soon as I can get to a bookstore and, and purchase a lexicon, um, and then we can. Uh, tomorrow after our meeting, maybe spend the evening looking over this, seeing what we can come up with. Yes, I think it categorize it, how many chapters there are, and look at these pages that she's pointed out to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because when she points out things like that, my thought is maybe she doesn't actually know what it says. Maybe she hasn't actually read it, but we'll see. <laughs> she makes a lot of claims that you know I'd, I'd believe her more if she wasn't 400 and some odd years old or I don't uh, think she looked a day over 310 <laughs> I said lack of caffeine and lack of uh, no smoking it helped mm-hmm. <laughs> well that's what I've always said oh crap I was going to ask her a question but it's not important I'll ask some other time <sighs> Thinking mechanically then, with your cryptography then, Postgate, mm-hmm. uh, if you were to make a combined role when you sit down as a group to then um, start translating this with the lexicon, um, if you were able to roll under your cryptography, as well as you say, as well as your ink, which is obviously going to be higher, um, then that would definitely speed up the time. Okay. okay In which case, everyone heads back to their room. So mm-hmm. hide the book, otherwise lay down and get comfortable. Nice, blissful, uninterrupted sleep at that point. So nothing odd happens by the time the next morning comes. Maybe that's a sign of our cloaking, that they can't shove us into the dream world. We'll mm-hmm. see. Heavy Maybe. dose of NyQuil. <laughs> well, most, some of you might be woken up by the call from the minarets um, at sunrise. But otherwise, get it. So nice, uninterrupted sleep. 
the call from Combs yelling out of his door. What was it? Uh, dolphin? Oh, I was dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to do that every morning? <laughs> it's like a cockerel going <laughs> every time. Right. Yeah, um, Combs and uh, Eamon O'Sullivan, yeah, Eamon, um, will be perhaps taking a back seat as they're not here tonight. So they are. Um, if you want them, we'll take it as well that they're going with you, unless you state otherwise, if you want them to go off and do something else, for example. Well, I, well, I think the, the plan was that they were going to provide um, a discreet security presence in the background. So, right. So, right. so it's perfect. That. As long as they're heavily armed and discreet, we're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. yeah, especially in the graveyard, there are plenty of places for them to hide. So as you say, you've got, uh, you make a quick call in the morning. Um, to get a copy of a lexicon sent um, sent over to you, um, that's easy. That's easy enough to do. You're fairly close by to a number of stalls, so they'll be able to drop you off one, so that when you get back to the apartment, you'll find it waiting for you there. When you, uh, when you come back after the meeting with Kazakov, are there any preparations you want to do before we, before we go to lunchtime? Well, let's discuss for a moment. Um, from my understanding. Uh... I and uh, Natalia are going to sort of be present, but we're there if there's any scientific questions or if he claims to have. You're there for verification of information. And uh, uh, you three are kind of running this show. Right. Henry's the senior officer. So he'll be taking point with uh, Bob and myself as backup. Right, and I forget, let's see. Uh, yeah, Ian, your intelligence. Uh, yeah, Jeff, you're I think all three of us are intelligence. Yeah, you're all the intelligence officers. Right, and we just kind of, you know, who's been with the company the longest, and that There's was Henry. Spies. <laughs> They'll think of you as CIA. That's fine. But our, our cover story is that, once again, we're going in there pretending to be... Uh, just uh, of course he knows that we're really CIA. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. Okay. No, I don't think there really needs to be any sort of special. You know, this is just kind of a meet and greet. To this is a ten thousand foot view as opposed to a micro view. I mean, the the once we pull him in, once he comes in from the cold, so to speak, and once he's okay with us, then we deliver him. You know, it's not up to us to. Uh, really do any of the heavy lifting. We're here to verify and then get into well, those above us. As well as the way I understand it is we're here to verify that he's worth it. Yes. Just because somebody comes up to you and says they want a defect. No, no, no. Right. You go to the consulate and do that. Exactly. Uh, yes. Who wants the CIA, that's going to cost a lot of money. So right. a lot of cover up, a lot of possible international. Problems. I would just say beforehand, let's all, Let's agree that if something smells or if if it goes sideways or if if we just decide he's not worth it, let's all be willing. Let's just kind of be willing to walk away. Well, yeah. Tell him that we'll contact him and then just walk away. Don't call us. We'll call you. But that's just, you know, I, I think we all I think we need to agree on that. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, 
But if yeah, if we're going to walk away from him, don't tell him that necessarily. Just no, no, no. Give him the impression that we'll we'll be picking him up and then, or or that we'll we'll we'll, we'll get back to him. And then... Well, whatever. I mean, my understanding is that whatever occurs in this meeting, we we are gathering information, assessing what he has to offer, mm -hmm. as to whether or not um, he is provided with what he's asking for. That decision is above our pay grade. Right. This isn't. Let's make a deal. Right. Right. Yeah. We 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 are the ones just simply um, furnishing the decision makers with the relevant information. Correct. Let's keep emotions out of it and just stay stay logical. Stay stay you know stay with the facts. Assess. Yes. Trust but verify. All right. Well, I basically have a notepad. And do I carry a weapon? I do not. I'm a scientist. I carry this one. This is my weapon. <laughs> Sharper than any sword. Mm. When he goes into lecture mode, yeah. I suppose the next question from me then is, you know the meeting is scheduled for noon. When you turn up, I say that we send Combs and Eamon, Eamon, at least an hour, if not two hours, before to establish a good vantage point. Yes, mm -hmm. to observe the because if they're worth their salt, they're going to be there a little bit early anyway. I mean, you know, we could even stagger it. You know, have. Eamon and Combs go early, then uh, maybe Dr. Jacoby and Natalia, then the three of us as the face of the organization. I don't know, but we definitely want to send we definitely want to send them way in advance. This is a huge city, so even a group of four or five people showing up at once is not going. No, no, no. That's you know. Bachelor yes, they party. should go first. Stake the area out. Know the layout of the land. Yeah, yeah. I, I want at least three. Vantage points and three exit points. And then we, we arrive about 15 minutes. Yeah, that's polite. Before. And um, we should probably at some point before we get their rendezvous with Eamon and, uh, and the other guy. And, uh, Combs. <laughs> yeah. and, Combs, and uh, find out if there's anything that we should know. Agreed. Like danger point or, uh, you know, Bottle, bottlenecks you know can. places we don't you know yeah and, yeah agreed so armed with that yeah we're 15 minutes away if that's okay sure sure in which case you stagger their arrival so they had in one heads in let's say Eamon heads in two hours early and then Combs heads in an hour early um, as you arrive at the, at the graveyard there's a parking um, or say a parking bay at the bottom of the hill and then a wide gravel path which goes up the hill with the restaurant at the top. Uh, Combs is, meet, um, is waiting for you when you get to the, um, to the, the start of the, 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 the hike up the hill. Mm -hmm. uh, he will inform you that Kazakov has been there for an hour. Um, he arrived a little um, before Kazakov turned up himself. So he's already up at the cafe waiting. So we'll assume that neither Combs nor Eamon were made. And as far as he's aware, they won't. They yeah. are nice and discreetly tucked away 
in this sea of headstones and crypts that goes <laughs> up. Um, as you head up, there are a few other people that um, are taking a leisurely stroll around the graveyard. It's quite a nice picturesque area, and it's got a lovely view of the river. So this this is a bit of a tourist destination. Um, Perfect. So there is a nice presence around here. They are discreetly tucked away to the point where once Combs leaves you and heads back to his hiding place, you don't see him. And likewise, you don't see Aina. It also make the the background noise also makes it a little bit more difficult for any type of bugs or any type of uh, listening devices, whether it's handheld and pointed or uh, bugging the tables because there's so much churn they just really don't know which table we're going to go to, and even then we could change tables several times if we really got spooked. Well, I'm I'm imagining too that. Uh considering the danger that he's in he's taking taking great care to choose a place randomly that nobody's going to know that he's here. Mm -hmm. so, right well let's hope let's hope right all right i'd like to think he has just as much as if not more on the line than we do so he's, he's trying to sell himself we're the buyers here we're not we're not trying to sell anything he's the one that needs to sell us on how good he his information is as henry said so um, I'll assume that, well, I don't want to assume this, but Natalia and I will walk in last. Mm -hmm. you guys if you like, yeah. No worry. Okay. In which case, then, the other three of you, your concentration is pretty much on the restaurant um, as you head on in. Um, it's a relatively small place, but it's very vibrantly decorated. Um, lots of very bright colors. Uh, blue in particular. Uh, the walls have got a... Uh, a mosaic feel in various parts. It hmm. definitely has that vibe that an artist was responsible for putting this uh, putting this together. Hmm. Uh, and indeed, um, on a balcony out towards uh, towards the back, you do find um, a person that matches the photo of Kazakov that you have been given. Um, he is sat there uh, with a newspaper in front of him and a small cup of Turkish coffee. For Jacoby and Natalia, um, as you're bringing up the rear, there's one little odd feature about the graveyard that you notice. It's um, not something that uh, strikes you as being a problem for your mission. It's just it kind of catches your eye as you head up there. But towards the top of the hill, just before you get to the graveyard, uh, the, the graveyard, the restaurant, um, you find a row of tombstones that are completely blank. It's not that they've been weathered. It's just there was never any inscription put on them. But they evidently look like they've been there for a long period, but hundreds of years. They look like they've been there for a long period of time. Natalia, do you think the the names wore off, or I'll I'll take a closer look. Mm -hmm. See, yeah, um, you can give me an intro or edu actually no education is probably the best better skill here or history if you've got that um, any better. Both of us are just hurt. Uh, both, actually. Okay. I got a 23 out of 70. Oh, so yeah, so way under half then. Yeah, I got yeah, 32. This is, probably, this is probably something that um, Natalia's uh, read up on either like a tourist guide of, um, of Istanbul or Turkey at some point, and this uh, little bit of knowledge comes flooding back to you. Unmarked um, headstones mean that these people that are buried here were executioners. 
it's just a, executioners. Mm -hmm. Yep, just a little bit of trivia. But so they never marked they never marked the graves of the executioners in the city. I sort of smile and I say to you, do you think that's that's kind of self defeating? If they want to, if they want to uh, bury the uh, the executioners, so that nobody can defile the grave of the man that murdered my, you know, except that they don't mark them, so they could just defile them all if they want. Right. Process of elimination. We'll get them eventually. Yeah. Yeah, but they're all they're all just gathered at the, gathered at the top of the hill. How many of them are there? That's a good question. I think there's about a dozen. Okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's definitely a grouping of them. All right. Okay, but obviously, then, so you're able to enter the enter the restaurant without any issues. Yeah, I and, just want to make sure that it didn't um, coincide with our group's number. Which might oh no! <laughs> no, no ominous foreshadowing there. No. Okay. Graves are waiting for you next to the restaurant at the top of the hill. <laughs> And Kazkov is, is alone? Yes, he is. Mm -hmm. right. uh, the, the table is big enough to fit all of you around, or do you, do you want to split and go on to multiple tables? I think we're all there. For I think we should all be there. Okay. Yes. yes. Right. Um, in which case, then, the waiter obviously shows you over, um, lays down a, a few menus, uh, drinks menu as well, and uh, says, I'll give you a couple of minutes to decide, gentlemen, and then I'll come back and take your orders. Well, I will uh, introduce myself to uh, Mr. Kaskoff. Yeah, just assume introductions all around. Yeah. <laughs> Role play, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, how are you? Mr. Kaskoff, day, no? <laughs> I presume. Um, dos vidanya. <laughs> And, and a good morning to you, too. Yes. <laughs> His English is pretty good, actually. Mm -hmm. There won't be any, any communication barriers on his front. Well, then I, I say to him in Russian, uh, don't be alarmed that we speak Russian. Uh, Natalia and I speak it quite fluently. So if you have any difficulty, we can help you. But don't be alarmed that we're not the Russian agents here. <laughs> <laughs> he chuckles. Um, I would like to think I would be aware if there are any other uh, members of the agency here. But oh, thank you. Uh, you um, I will accommodate yourselves. I'm quite happy to speak in English. Delightful. Shall we? Um, shall we order uh, lunch first, and then um, discuss this matter? As we, I think, I always find it's best to keep these things as cordial as possible. Yes. Yeah, indeed. Um, I can recommend the uh, baklava here. Very, very good. Okay, I'll order one of those, one of those, and one of those. So it's not too sweet for me. Mm -hmm. but, uh, thank you. Fair I will definitely okay. have Turkish coffee. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll take it. Food orders and drink orders um, are given. They come out a few minutes later, and then you are you are left in peace. Um, there, there are a couple of other tables out here on the balcony, but none of them are occupied. So you pretty much have the place to yourself. So, uh, Mr. Postgate, you say your name was, yes? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, 
I think the, uh, as the expression goes, the ball is in your court. Um, do you have any particular questions for me or did you want me to open up with why, I, why, why I I'm think, here? I think it's best if you give us the overview to start with, yes. Okay. The main reason I'm here is because I can't just quit my job. Um, as much as I'd like to, and as much as I have made that intention quite clear to my, uh, to my handlers, they will not permit that. So I am now left with no other option but to approach yourselves. I didn't want to approach um, a more formal institution, say walking into your consulate or walking into one of your embassies, um, because a man in my position is being watched by my side. Quite so. Yes. The minute I would try to go and perform such an act, I very much doubt I would get to the front door. Hence why having to go through my um, somewhat step-by-step -step routine with Majash and obviously him then getting information to you and then facilitating the meeting here. Because they know that I regularly come here, I know that they're not watching because this is part of my regular routine. The minute I step out of my routine, that's when problems happen. Well, I suppose it's best if we cut straight to the chase. Um, Mr. Kasikov, what is it you're offering? And what do you want from us in return? Mm -hmm. um, I'll answer those in reverse. Um, I am looking for extraction. I want to get out of here, um, specifically the city, but also then in general, the Eastern Bloc. I am seeking asylum and a new life in the West. And in return, I can provide you with a network of contacts I've built for the KGB inside the city, as well as greater, presumably uh, once we, um, hopefully my initial offering here will be enough to secure my passage to the West. When I get to, um, when I get to America, I can provide you with more detailed intelligence regarding operations in the Black Sea. So for the my initial offering, I was think, think of it as a um, as an opening bid, is that I can give you say, my network of contacts inside the city. I'm quite happy to present those to you and do with them as you will, whether you want to verify, obviously, their connection to myself and to the, um, to the wider KGB. Um, I imagine that's really going to be down to you or maybe your superiors as to what you want to do with these names when I give them to you. What Primarily, what kind of business have these um, assets been uh, utilised? Uh, they're across different spectrums. Um, I count it as one of my... Uh, well, some of my best work, being able to get people inside various consulates, uh, various educational facilities and others that are say, in positions where they can obtain information that not many other people would. So you have people inside the consulates? Yes. It's very impressive. Anyone we might know? Well, we'll, we'll get to names in a, in a few minutes. But um, you may know them. I, I, don't, I don't have a way, I, I don't have a crystal ball to, uh, to determine who you know and who you don't know. 
Interesting. You may you may know them, you may not know. I, I can't tell. Hmm. And presumably, um, I mean, you have to understand when 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 dealing with um, expatriating people in this way. Um, the, the identity um, that you would be offered in the event that that did come to pass um, it would likely be a very mundane identity. You are aware of that, I take it. Mm -hmm. You're not. You're not going to find yourself suddenly being a movie star or a captain of industry. It's <laughs> <laughs> just going to be an ordinary Joe living in a little town somewhere. Could be an insurance salesman in Kansas. No. To be honest, that sounds good to me. I would like a very different and very less stressful walk of life. So being able to um, take my uh, foot off the gas would be would be nice and live life in the slow lane for a change rather than the, the high pressure environment that I've been in previously in the Navy and now in this role. Well, I think... Um... Certainly, what you're offering um, is, is is of great interest. Um, you you would obviously um, prior to relocating, you would be um, required to go through quite a lengthy debriefing debriefing process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is where I expect a lot of the information that I have to offer beyond this should the offer be accepted. Um, that will come out then. So yes, I'm, I'm fully aware of how it works. Hmm. Has this decision? How long is it? How long has this been? Have you been thinking about this? Is this a recent decision? Something accelerated your timeline, or you just gotten old and weary? No, some something more recent, but something that again has accelerated. Sure, uh, shall we say? Um, besides the list of names that I'm going to give you, there was one name that is a bit irrelevant um, now, in that one of my network um, has has died. Um, he obtained information for me which I consider to be of grave concern. I passed this information up the chain, reporting it as a diligent intelligence operative would do only to be told there is no evidence to substantiate this this is something that we can we can ignore and they filed it in the um in f to forget i think um, is a expression that uh, you use and yet all the information that i have points towards the fact that effectively the kgb are sanctioning the deaths of a lot of innocent people by just their ignorance and sheer bloody mindedness that they don't want to accept the information that I've given to them. In They're what context? Of... Say again? In what context? Um, this is, let's say, a card I want to keep somewhat close to my chest up until the point where I know that you'd be willing to bring me in. I'm willing to offer you the rest of the network first, 
if you're happy with the quality of that information after you've assessed and verified each contact, then after that we can go into the the minutiae of those concerns. But there is a there is a little bit of a clock ticking on this. I, I fear. I don't know at what point that clock stands, but I know that time is against us. This contact that recently was eliminated local here yes his name was uh, his name was Barden uh, Nasim Barden it was actually him and his wife so, but um, Nesim was my main contact uh, Erduan his wife was Unfortunately, collateral damage. Have we heard this name before, Matt? No, that's the first time he's come up. Right. Okay. So I say in Russian, so comrade, you are very willing to become a traitor to your own country. Can I, I'm going to interrupt and say, can we do this in English so that we all can hear? Well, I've already said it in Russian. Uh, I know, but I'm, I'm asking to repeat it or to continue it in English. Natalia, you can translate for me. <laughs> Kazakov looks, looks between you and then if uh, Jacoby doesn't repeat himself, uh, says, I wouldn't consider myself a traitor when I would hopefully be helping to save the lives of many thousands of people. Uh, I, and I know uh, I'm speaking in English, I say. So you, uh, you feel that um, there's a, a, enough danger involved here. Are you saying you don't like what your government is doing and that's why you're I don't, I don't like the fact that they are quite willing to turn a blind eye when I presented them with a very definite problem that because they believe it isn't on their soil, that it isn't their problem. I think they have a moral obligation as members of the human race that when many, 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 potentially thousands of people are threatened, that they don't just stand by and do nothing, but they are quite adamant this is not their problem. And that's what I can't just stand back and say, oh, that's that's a fine, that's that's politics or that's how tradecraft works. No, I've, I've got to do something. And if it means turning, um, turning to a political adversary to help save lives, I'm quite willing to do it. I doubt I would need a psychology to, to roll to ascertain he's legitimately upset and this is uh, you can you can roll it. Yep. Okay. Uh, that will also you know don't need to worry about typing out a private message as well, which someone was uh, gonna get a response to. You both get the same thing. Um, 
it's a mix. Um, he is definitely passionate. That's not false. Elements of what he said are true, but he is holding back on something. Um, but bear in mind, he has said he's keeping the reason why he wants to, wants the effect close to his chest. You think that if you could call it deception, that holding back is regarding that that he, you know sure. he is not telling you everything. So it confirms that he is right. like he's holding something back. Which is not, he he wants to bargain because he wants out. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned earlier that. Unless I misunderstood, did, did you say that the others are aware of your intent to leave? Oh, I contacted them with after having said, look, this is unacceptable, and threatened them with resignation. But they said there is no resigning from the KGB. So my hand is slightly tipped in that respect. They, they know you're unhappy. They, they know I'm extremely unhappy, yes. They most definitely suspect that you're speaking with us. Not us, I know you. Um, Perhaps they know that you're. You, maybe they think you're too afraid to do it. Well, do, hopefully. Do you have the uh, the initial information with you? Well, yes, I, I carry that around with me up here all the time. Um, if you, well, obviously I haven't written it down because it would be a say somewhat um, incriminating if I was to be pulled over by one of my associates and just so happened to have all this information written down when I really should know it already. Quiet. <laughs> um, go ahead. Sorry. You do so you'll, want, you'll be wanting a list of names? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that would be most efficacious. Mm -hmm. Okay, the first person you probably want to have a word with, or I just don't, I don't see if there's any particular order that any of these need to be spoken to. Uh, Pamela Courtney is a secretary to um, the English Consulate General. Um, she has been particularly helpful uh, to myself. Um, I came, came to her initially um, Stating that I was a uh, well, not even stating, but just hinting very, uh, very loudly that I was working for the American consulate and actually with you, uh, with you find um, individuals, members of the CIA. Um, that um, I use the name Adam and that um, I encouraged her to join um, to potentially follow a career in SIS. And you'd be surprised how how admiration makes a tongue very loose. Mm -hmm. Another individual, the next in the American consulate, um, a man by the name of Stuart Jameson. Um, he is a exceptionally talented lawyer, um, but somewhat ambitious. Um, he is quite pleased with the information that I've obtained from uh, from Miss Courtney being supplied to him, that he is then able to use that for the consulate's benefit so that he can establish more trade deals and therefore increase his standing and respect in the American consulate. And in return, also thinking um, that I have a certain degree of connection with the CIA um, 
he believes that his work has also put him in good books with yourselves as well. And by what name were you known to him? Oh, I use the same Adam. Adam. <laughs> and that was your standard legend when dealing with these people, was it? Just those two. Just those two. Um, I did actually use uh, my real name uh, when dis um, discussing my third contact. Uh, I'll have to get the pronunciation for this. Uh, is uh, Vahit Mahariji. Uh, he is a senior detective in the police force. Um, he, let's say that he's not so happy that in foreign, uh, foreign intelligence agencies treat his city like a chessboard, that they deploy their agents here, they move around, they knock over stuff. Um, he very much is an isolationist. He wants uh, for the um, say the, uh, the foreign community to get the hell out of his city. Yes. So I've, any information I got from any other contacts regarding CIA or SIS movements, I passed directly to him. And he has proven to be a thorn in their side, shall we say. <laughs> Quickly. It's an uh, interesting uh, attitude to have in the city that practically defines cosmopolitan. <laughs> I think there are always people, though, that will go against the grain and um, will always be somewhat xenophobic or isolationist. He, he very much is in the minority, but even so, he doesn't mean that his opinions are not as strong. Uh, the next contact, um, she is a fine, fine young lady uh, by the name of Suduka Arap. She is, how do you um, put it politely, um, a lady of the night. Um, she works at a, uh, a brothel near the Galata, uh, the Galata Bridge. Mm -hmm. uh, she is uh, apparently a quite in-demand young lady. Her talents have attracted people in high places, and the discretion of the brothel um, that they offer means that she has been able to um, get a pillow talk with some very interesting people. Mm. And she knows you as Kazakov? I don't, I don't actually believe I've used my name with her. I've only been a client that has to, um, that has turned up on a no-name basis. I just provide her with a, a wad of cash, and she doesn't answer. Uh, she doesn't ask any other questions. Okay. So she obviously knows um, her her regular Russian. And the last um, individual, a um, yeah, very curious, uh, curious man, uh, Suleiman Ekmeche. Um, he is very learned, uh, very much with his finger on the pulse of student activities and uh, student activists. Um, really, that that's an area that interests Moscow. Well, depends on where you can influence the uh, influence the students to go. 
I made um, friends. I don't say this out loud, but to the others, I made friends with that guy the other night. It's also the same person that uh, Postgate went to uh, coffee with. Yes. Mm -hmm. My eyebrow goes just a little. He <laughs> yeah, says that, yeah, if you can direct some idealistic students in the right way, then you can get some very, very helpful results. Um, Suleiman is a person that's connected, I think, mainly through student activism. Um, he has got a connection with MIT, and I think he likes having fingers in many pies. He is a very, I say, a very curious man. Mm. Yes, I mainly use him to get information on the local, the local intelligence or agencies. Anything comes via by him then comes to me and then as mentioned there was previously um, Nesim and Erdogan but they are well Nesim primarily uh, but they are both deceased so well Gentlemen, do we need to uh, speak with one another for a few moments before we? Um, Kazakov pulls uh, pulls back slightly and starts to rise out of his chair. I will take the opportunity to go to the um, the restroom and give you a few minutes. Would somebody like to go with him? I don't think that will be necessary. Why don't we just say that we signaled to Combs and or Eamon that if he got up, they would, you know, shadow him or tail him. And actually, let's see if he's being followed here. They let's, should probably know that intuitively. Exactly. That's, that's yeah, that, that just kind of solves the problem for us. Yeah, I, I, I think the, their remit would be to keep eyes on the target at all, all times. At all times, yeah. Yeah, if he jumps out the kind of the toilet window and makes a run for it or just walks out the front, then they will follow him. Oh, yep, I yep. wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking along the lines of somebody trying to assassinate. Kill him, right? Yeah. That too. <laughs> um, so as soon as he's gone, uh, I, I, I just say, gentlemen, are we prepared to extract him this evening? Right now? Uh, I'm not impressed with a list of five names, to be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, these, these, these could just you know, they're all local players. Uh, you know, they're yeah. they're small time. I this is this isn't this isn't worth the trouble yet, as far as I'm concerned. I mean the, the there is there is a a protocol for these matters. These claims has to have to be ascertained. This I mean any intelligence has to be verified before we can operate before we can operate on that. Um until we've done that, it's not actionable. Um, and I'm so sure he realizes that. So then we should verify these names that he's given us. Yes. First, we know Suleiman. Um, yeah, he's, he's really only given us a couple names because we already knew some of these. Yeah, I, 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 this, is, this is all smoke but no fire. There, there's no meat on these bones as far as I'm concerned. This isn't, this isn't actionable intelligence. He's just tossing names on the table. There need, well, as far as I'm concerned, well, there, need, there needs to be something here that's deeper and bigger 
that necessitates Dr. Jacoby and Natalia being here. He claims that by my, my running with the, um, the professor earlier. Mm -hmm. um, he seemed to be entirely aware that um, he would come to our notice in the course of, uh, of our visit here, which seems to indicate to me that he knew that we were meeting Kasakoff, which means either Kasakoff told him he was planning to defect, or um, MIT have somehow got wind of the defection independently. I mean, Tim Buck says there's not an intelligence agency in this city that hasn't heard about this defection. It's a small town. You can either operate on the, it's, it's a big town or it's a small town. I always operate on it's a small town. I'm just Everybody's wondering got how their... many people he might, have he might have offered this information to already. You've touched on something that might, uh, that might be a penny drop moment. Um, you can all give me int rolls, but I will, I will ask for an extreme success to give you a hint. Oh, uh, not not extreme success. Not extreme. Not extreme. I got Better hard. end of hard, but not extreme. Push it. Push the roll. Spend <laughs> luck. There is the option of spending luck if you want it. Um, when do we refresh luck, Matthew? Uh, we've get, we've had one refresh so far. I'm going to put it at every so like two or three days. Mm -hmm. So it'll be every maybe three or four sessions. Damn. That's nine, that's nine points of luck I'd have to spend. Yeah, I, I'd have to spend like 16. <laughs> what else would you spend it on? Go ahead. I mean an extreme roll, an extreme luck. So divide by five, then divide by <clears throat> divide by half, and then divide yeah, by I've, I rolled. I rolled 25. My extreme would be 16. Do it. Come on, Henry. <laughs> I, I'm addicted to... Uh, Peer pressure, peer pressure. Come on. Hold them, so I... Okay, I, I'm going to spend nine... There, that's my boy. <laughs> that's my boy. It is also uh, somewhat appropriate, as you're the one that said it, that you're the one that the, uh, the penny drops. Ah, oh, man. Yeah. All right. Um, you said it's as if he knew that that was going to happen. What other what other way could he have possibly known what was going to happen in the future? Yeah. Well, he's just given us the name of someone in the American consulate. Mm -hmm. No, I think I think Matthew's just given us a, a much bigger yeah clue. Than... Yeah, could he possibly know something was going to happen in the future? Ah, so maybe he's been talking to our boy Dayleth, or is somehow or is... otherwise been able to divine. What's going mm -hmm. to happen? Somebody mm -hmm. said something about a crystal ball. <laughs> right. He said it facetiously. Mm -hmm. And, you know, where's the last place we saw a crystal ball? Yeah, his was just a facetious comment. He's, uh, he's saying, well, I haven't got a crystal, uh, just in normal reference, I haven't got a crystal ball to define the mm -hmm. future. Um, of course, well, well, we're cloaked. Mm -hmm. um, Kaskoff isn't. Right. Yes, exactly. That we know of. <laughs> Can, yeah. um, can somebody verify? I'm, I'm not quite sure. Was he giving these names as these are contacts of his 
that he was providing information to or that they were providing information to him? He basically, he turned them. And so he was using them as sources of information. Yeah, for the KGB. Right, and, right. In, in a number of cases under the uh, impression that that he was actually CIA. Right. And this, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the important names are, you know, the, you know, the British consulate woman and the lawyer at the American consulate and then uh, Suleiman over at MIT. Th those are the three that I think are the big fish in the little pond here that he's thrown us. Uh, but still, I, I think I think we're going to need a lot more information before we start uh, the ticker tape parade and get him back to the U.S. As far as I'm concerned, well, this is nice. Timing but maybe. What we do is we turn the names over to our supervisors and they check it out and they go, "Oh yeah, they are traitors. Wonderful." Um, not before impressed. We, before we finish this evening with him, perhaps we should tell him threaten him, well, not threaten him, but you know what I mean, intimidate him, that um, the names, yeah, the, that some of these names we're already familiar with and that he's not really telling us anything that we don't already know. Um, perhaps if he provides something uh, along this, this line of incredible danger that's coming, uh -huh. um, a bit of it that we can verify, then we will possibly get him out at the first opportunity but until we got something yeah like you said this this doesn't amount to much no but we've got to have at least something to where we can tell just start, where we can tell our superiors yes it's worth it getting him out right spending the money and you know the thing we need to anticipate here is that our work for the cia and our work for the section is going to dovetail if his uh, timeline has been accelerated due to the possible, to use Combs's phrase, the nuclear holocaust, right? So I, I think it just behooves us to really make him sweat a bit and cough up some of that information as to what accelerated his timeline, look for commonalities between that and what we've been talking to on the other side and see if the two come together. Uh, Natalia's here. She, uh, she could discreetly say something to him so that he could realize that we know something about the nuclear problem going right this is right this is specifically right down her alley and if and if his if his response to that is that this is what this is all about then we continue the conversation but if he's going to do nothing but cough up names i'm not inclined to right. give him a pension and have him send him to kansas um, then what exactly do you want me to ask you? Well, you're the expert in nuclear holocaust. Right. right. You've been with well, us every step I, of the I, way. You, you kind of know what's going on here. I, I, I'm a nuclear physicist. I don't know about holocausts. All you have to, you don't have to say anything specific. Just make him think that you know something. No, hasn't Natalia been here every step of the way? Most she's been she's been with the dream in the dreamlands with us. She's had the same conversations with everyone that we have. All right. Sometimes it is difficult. But for, what I'm saying is, for scientists to lie. <laughs> how much 
information do I speak? No, as far as what I know. We're just trying to intimidate him. We're not trying to give him any information. We want him to spill some more beans. Well, I, I think that also, if you if you feel more comfortable, start with generalities and then work toward the specific based on the information that he gives you. It's possible his answer to you might be, he doesn't know what you're talking about. Yeah. He might not know anything about any nuclear thing going on. That's all we're needing to know is, does he know something about that? Okay. I believe he's probably coming out of the bathroom by now. He's washed his hands for 10 minutes, yeah. Yep. <laughs> he comes back out. He sits back down. I can always take a few more minutes to go and get another coffee if you need some more time to discuss. Please. Okay. He sits down. Right. Um, did you have any questions for me, I guess, after your discussion? One, one or two. Mm-hmm. We're, we're interested uh, in their, the Russians, uh, I guess, nuclear arms capabilities. Maybe blinks. Um, it's what can not... you tell us about that? And while um, while I'm asking him, and I I'm, I imagine other the others are doing the same, we're going to be trying to pick out. His, uh, basically, I want to roll a psychology one. See if he has a tell. Yeah. Okay. Yep, you can roll that. Does he, for example, do that Ooh, with his I, hand? I got it. Whenever <laughs> he's telling a massive, massive lie. <laughs> or, or does he do both hands? Yeah. yeah. I got a, a really uh, big lie. Of, <laughs> no, I've got a 12 out of uh, 65 on that. Oh, wow. Okay. I have a hard success as well. Okay. Um, there's two things that you will pick up from that statement. Uh, one, mentioning nukes definitely pushes a button, but imagine it that the button is kind of depressed when you say about the Soviet capability of nukes in the area. Um, his response is, well, say it's not a secret. We have, there's well, yeah, but are they working on something uh, new, something uh, that we should know about? Well, he mentioned that a lot of innocent people were going to die. Well, I know that, but I mean, how strong? I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess the what, what I'm asking is, you know, what is the, like, is it a new sort of uh, nuclear weapon uh, measured in, like, the megatons or the gigatons or whatever. I'm trying to see how, you know, because I, I guess during this time, uh, a lot of like the with the uh, Soviet um, American armed race, they were trying to outdo each other as far as the power of their nuclear arsenal. So I'm just seeing exactly where they are as far as that goes. Okay. Yeah, he he, he kind of nods to himself that yeah, I'm aware that there are the scientists working on such things, and I know that there are uh, capabilities that the Navy have in the Black Sea that they would be able to launch reprisals in case anything was to happen. But I don't 
I don't believe that even Moscow is stupid enough to launch a nuclear attack on a NATO, a NATO country. Um, as for the technical specifications, I'm, I'm an AV guy. I'm, I'm not a scientist. I just know that someone pushes the buttons and those things fly and a lot of people die. How about we take Moscow and Washington out of the equation and bring a third party into it that has perhaps, perhaps has led to this acceleration of you wanting to get the hell out of town? Uh, I'll let your psychology uh, success ride. Um, there's almost like a neon sign and a bell ringing that you have hit the button. Yeah, uh, he, you can see a, like a bead of sweat start to go down the, um, the edge of his forehead. It's quite possible that, say, a third party would be in possession of a nuclear weapon. A certain brotherhood? He, you can see he's just stunned for a second. How did you find out? We're asking the questions here. I think this is a, a I think we're going to just uh, keep asking them and you just keep answering them. How about that? He nods his eyes narrow slightly. Yes. Do you know Haida um, Pusha uh, Station? I haven't heard of it, Natalia. Mm, what I've heard of it? Yeah. Um, We'll let your um, local knowledge roll uh, ride from previously about graves. You remember a little bit more from the um, Turkish guide, uh, the Istanbul guidebook that you read. Um, Haydarpusha Station is a large rail terminus and seaport on the Asian side of uh, the Bosphorus in Istanbul. Um, Kasikov picks up the conversation of oh, his statement. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll relate that. Bardem was a contact of mine, uh, specifically in telecommunications. He helped to bug a lot of places that he had um, been called in to do telephone work for and was uh, recording conversations that were going in and out of major transport hubs because the transport business, it's all useful intel for us. He picked up a conversation from one of the workers at the, um, at the station that was explaining that a train would be arriving, he didn't state when, he just said that a train would be arriving that the Brotherhood had organized that would be carrying a nuclear weapon into the city. The weapon was then supposed to be loaded onto a boat called the Heart of, um, a ship called the Heart of Havana, which was supposed to sail towards Sevastopol. At Sevastopol, they were going to set the bomb off. That's what I reported back to our superiors saying, I've got this intelligence report about a known terrorist organization that wants to detonate a bomb in, your, um, in a Soviet city, uh, a city that has a very large concentration of the Soviet fleet in the Black Sea. I was told to get more information. I went back to Baden. I found him dead. I found his wife dead. And I found a map of Istanbul, a map of the region laying on his, what was left of his corpse, with a hole burnt where Istanbul would be. I think they got to him. He told them what he told me, and they've rearranged their plan so that the bomb won't make it to Sevastopol. It will go off here. 
but the KGB aren't interested. They are interested now because they think it's going to go off in a NATO-held territory. Why is it our concern? And that's why I'm here. Thank you for being honest with us. That's the money maker. That's why we're here. He nods. Any, t any, any idea of the timeline? What type of ticking clock, so to speak, do we have here? Depends on when the heart of Havana arrives. I know it's, it's a ship bound, obviously, from Cuba. Um, I don't know what its movements are. I don't know how far it is across the Atlantic by now. It could be in the, in the Mediterranean. I honestly don't know. I don't have shipping movements. Point of um, clarification. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the Black Brotherhood. Yeah, he nods. There's, there's no other brotherhood I'm aware of right. that are involved in international terrorism. <laughs> Mr. Kasikov, how... Um... Who have you approached with this uh, information of yours so far? Uh, my immediate handler, and then it passed up the chain from there. And I was in contact with, uh, with Moscow directly at one point. And what about your defection plans? The only people you've talked to about that? The only about the plans defect, Majash. Oh, and obviously yourselves, but... Do you think anybody suspects? Well, they know that, as, as we've gone over already, they know that I'm pissed off, and they know that I don't want to stand by and watch a lot of people potentially get killed. What about your assistant? Oh. Hmm. Yeah, me, me and him don't exactly get on massively well. I don't believe that he knows of my intentions, but if he was to find out, then he would be probably one to move with extreme prejudice, because it would earn him a lot of brownie points back home if he uh, took out a, defector, a potential defector. So if you thought that he uh, knew, then he would have already killed you by now. Yeah, thankfully he's not. he doesn't arrive in town until tomorrow. Gentlemen, what do you think? Well, I think we need to get eyes on the heart of Havana at a minimum. Oh, I was referring to Mr. Kazikov. What do we think next step should be? Well, if we assess the danger to Mr. Kasikov and the potential of the knowledge that he knows, if he knows that deep in what's going on, then he most likely has information that would be quite valuable to the uh, CIA. But then again, it's not my place to assess his value. Uh, you're the experts. Well, he has presented us with intelligence that intelligence has to be verified before we can act on it i think at a minimum i mean uh how safe do you feel are you in a safe place right now before your your boy gets into town tomorrow or are you going to go underground once he gets here uh he rubs his chin 
I think I will have to maintain business as usual for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, my contact, I'm planning on severing contact with my uh, network of contacts. It would be too, too dangerous to still associate with them if you're going to start investigating them, which is what I thought you would be wanting to do anyway. As uh, Mr. Pokesgate says, that such information would have to be verified. You're going to run off, you're going to cross paths with them at some point. So that would If we be, haven't already. Uh, I'd be surprised if you knew that those individuals were connected with myself up until this point. You know everything. <laughs> um, your assistant, uh, is he just, is this a normal scheduled trip or is he coming in special for some reason? No, T- uh, Tumanoff is acting on his normal rotor. Okay, yeah. No, I agree. I think you're. I think you're on the right uh, track there. Just to business as usual. Go to your meetings. Make your phone calls. And you know we will be as discreet as possible so that we don't endanger you. Mm-hmm. And we will be as discreet as possible when it comes to dealing with the names that you've given us and taking action on this intelligence and moving forward with this discussion in this relationship. The only, I wouldn't make it a request, but the only suggestion I would make is that if you do act on these individuals, that acting on them could well set Tumanoff off. So it would be, let's say, good for my help if you were able to um, bring me in very swiftly after dealing with the network of contact. How can we get in touch with you after this meeting? You can drop a note here with the con- uh, with the um, the owner of the restaurant, the um, or any of the waiters. Um, I frequent here every time I come into town. They know me. They know how to get to me. Um, but alternatively, you can always drop a note with Majash if it's a little bit out of way, out of the way to come here. Um, okay. He knows where I'll be staying, so he can get a message back to me. And you trust him. Yes, I've, I've known him for some time, and let's say his, his lips can be made very tight if you give him the right amount, not necessarily of money, but the right amount of information that he wants, and he has been paid to keep his lips very, very, very tight. Well, he doesn't want to poison the well. Precisely. Alternatively. If you give us a, a number that we can reach you at, we can send you a message that simply says it's time and agree right here and now on a place where you will meet us and we will extract you. Okay. That's, once, we um, have ver- once we have verified. Yes, I can, I can live with that. Um, again, it won't necessarily be directly to myself, but it will be to someone that I know would be able to get a message to me the quickest than anyone else could be. Um, he reaches out or reaches into his pad, uh, pocket, pulls out a pad and writes down a number. Can I have an int roll from everyone when he writes the number down? 30. Hard success for me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, also hard success, 29 out of 80. Hard, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got a 12 out of uh, 80. So that sounds like 
That's almost an extreme. I think that is an extreme. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep. So 12 would be 60. So, um, which case, the others you think, right, it's definitely, it's a right Istanbul area code, um, probably somewhere up in uh, Yenika, which is up towards the, um, the north, going up the Bosphorus. Um, Natalia's seen that number before. It's on the business cards pinned to the back of your uh, back of your door of your apartments. Um, the one that says, "If you have any problems with the uh, with the facilities, call this number for an engineer to come out and um, repair them." Okay, so <clears throat> I will. Um... Hmm. But I guess how how do we interpret that as? Because it's like, it's, it's not like, knows, so. yeah, right. It's just that you recognize it's the exact same number. Okay, so I'll, I'll keep that to myself until he leaves. And I'll mm -hmm. the rest of now. All right, and we'll, uh, where would be a place to meet? Where would be a good extraction point? Um, you get to the airport fairly quick. Um, I, well, I can pretty much get anywhere quickly that you want me to. Downtown, or at least the main heart of Istanbul, the southern part of the city, is the easiest to get to, the quickest to get to. Um, if you're looking somewhere say, further north, it becomes longer. Why don't we say uh, extraction point could be at the fountain in front of Hagia Sophia? Yes, that's a nice open public place. And we would simply meet you there and just walk away with you. And Indeed. All right. Does that, that work for everybody? Yeah. Any problems you see foresee with something like that? A randomly chosen place to, uh, to nab him. Mm -hmm. He looks, uh, he's got a small smile that kind of curls the edge of his lips. Uh, do you have any other questions for me, or can I consider that our um, lunchtime meeting is adjourned? Well, is there anything you'd like to tell us? I'm sorry. I think you've pretty much got everything that's on the, um, the immediate problem list. No, I get up and shake his hand and it, it's a sincere you know thank you and you know uh, you know we definitely want to move this along thanks for your honesty and thanks for uh, meeting us here today he nods yes and uh, thank you for willing to listen when my superiors weren't yes I'll, I'll also shake his hand and uh, say um, we will be in touch I'm, I'm glad to hear it and at which point he does a small salute, shakes hands with anyone else that, uh, that wants to. Be seeing um, you. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, he heads off with a big white ball bouncing down the road after. Exactly. <laughs> and a snappy black blazer with a white trim. A, a big, gigantic white ball, right? Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. 
Should we head back? Yes, I think we've got a. I think, I think we've got a lot uh, on our plate. Yeah. Would you assess him at this point if all this checks out that he's valuable enough to extract? I would vote yes. Yes, I mean if this, if this checks out, and he's got a, a, a wider network that he's offering. I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I think that th it's accelerated due to you know what he told us. I don't want to be pressured into a rash decision, but I also think that when you've got someone of his stature, I, I think that bringing him in is 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 only going to be a plus, right? Mm. Yes, I have an interesting is, this suggestion. Is the bush. The main meal is yet to come. Now this mm -hmm. may this may be countermanded by our superiors, but we're at this point we're still functioning on our own by our own expertise. Um, this Pamela Courtney Stewart uh, Jameson and uh, uh, Vahit Maharaji. They at the moment don't bear any uh, interest to us in particular about things that are going on otherwise, other than CIA business. Mm -hmm. um, Suleiman, however, seems to be involved in some of this other stuff that's going on. Mm. Yes, I'm not so sure. Awareness of, of, of the fact that he was going to crop up in this investigation. Is well, in his comments that I heard overheard him make were very interesting. Um, maybe we shouldn't disclose his name at this point. Keep this as a 46 thing. Um, if they pull well, in the other people, that's one thing. But Suleiman, we. I can try to make friends with this guy and infiltrate him. The first, the first name that I think we'd have to turn to um, would be Stuart Jameson. He's in the U.S. consulate, mm -hmm. therefore he's immediately on our register as a, as a potential risk. Um, yeah. If it's all right with you, Dr. Jacoby, um, I'd like to take over dealing with... Uh, Professor Mechi. Um he, he approached me and told me that he would be coming onto our radar. And um, I have a feeling he might be willing to offer us uh, information in, in return for... Um, not pursuing the matter any further. Well, my interest alone is a personal one in him. Uh, if I could simply ask you to see if you can offhandedly gather any information on a possible connection. I know you think it's silly, the fish people, but uh, it's, it's an interest I've been pursuing for years and I heard that him say something. Um, just, just keep an ear open. Just in case um, you didn't pick up on one of the bits he said as well, was you remember he mentioned the prostitute um, Arab. I haven't gotten to that yet, but yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I was just going to say the prostitute's also one that I'm not so sure we should pursue. 
uh, because she could prove incre incredibly valuable in other research and uh, she's just a prostitute who happens to have a lot of information. Well, it's, it's more specifically where he said that she was based. Which was? The Galata Bridge Brothel, which is run by um, the fellow that you met on the plane. Ah, uh, um, what's his name? The drunk. That was um, Abdullah uh, Biniji. Yeah. Yeah, he's a pimp, and she is one of the. Uh, she That's is one right. of his. That's right. I might want to pursue that one, and it has nothing to do with sex. <laughs> because of the artifact that he had. Uh -huh. There is a connection between him and the fish people. So, officially, we have three names we can verify and turn in. And the other two will hold off a little bit. But yes, I'll, I'll, I'll concede uh, Suleiman to you. Pursue that. What about the, um, the elephant in the room? Um, do you have a ship? Here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the spirit of Havana. That's, that's the... To for me, the heart of Havana, that's that, that's the number one priority as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's priority. I mean, that, that could arrive here tomorrow and we wouldn't have any idea. So we got to find out how we can track that ship immediately. I mean, I think that's a standard question. We could just require that information, request that information through the consulate. Yeah, That's, that's public knowledge, yeah. It just goes, they, they need to get the information that's going to be not necessarily going to take time but it's just going to mean they have to follow the routes to get set in but it's not like today where you can log in um onto a website and then put in the name of a boat to find where it is on the various shipping lanes they have to go the long way around right but that's something even gail we could just task someone with doing it and circling back around yeah that's an admin task that's what the local the local exactly. station well, and it's a major thing we're going to tell the other other agents of the CIA. The the other side of that is this train, finding out where this train is coming from. And trains are also scheduled just as rigorously as ships are. So it would be a probably... No, the train delivered it to the port, and then they put it on the boat after it was on the train, correct? Is that the proper sequence? The, the original sequence was that that was going to happen. But now they're going to detonate it in Constantinople instead of in Sevastopol. Well, depending on where they want to detonate it, they could still load it onto the boat and then detonate it on the Bosphorus. That's what I was thinking as well. They just leave it on the dang boat. It's just the boat hasn't gotten here yet. Right. So yes, the train, it may have already been delivered. That's possible. That's awful. It might just be a box on the dock. Mm -hmm. going and it's a major port. There's lots there, of boxes. Millions of boxes. Is right. there a way scientifically to detect nuclear material inside there with a Geiger counter or something? And Unless it's being shielded um, normally with stockpiles, especially if it's a nuclear weapon, like a nuclear warhead. Uh -huh. It will have a certain degree of shielding because they won't want the people that work in the facility to get radiation poisoning, for example. Right. Uh, there might be a trace, depending if it's the shielding's either broken on it, for example, or if it's a dirty bomb. 
the blood, the brotherhood got sloppy or it was damaged somehow or they want to create the more, worst damage possible so it very well could be a dirty bomb in any case that's probably an operation too big for a few of us once the cia knows they'll maybe send out people to try to detect it well, um can i just ask character wise how, how much do we actually know about the uh black brotherhood the the normal level of information about them is that they are known as an international network of terrorists that are quite happy to blow up shit for anyone and that's anyone underlined with a capital a they don't care they're right. not um, they don't have a political affiliation they're anarchists they're indiscriminate yeah um, they're, not, they're more nihilists than anarchists <laughs> i mean and anarchism is, is um, i'm an anarchist and anarchism is a distinct philosophy political philosophy and you're very attached to living yeah. they're yeah. chaoticists they just want to create mayhem Exactly. So, up that word. So, <laughs> so I suppose. So, so out, out of game. Uh, it's um, the uh, the Nihilatotep thing about using new technology to create chaos. Yeah, that's what the forty-six um, briefing on them would be. That they are a known threat, and it is. It's not a certainty, but almost ninety-five percent certain that, given their mo, they do work for an avatar of. The crawling chaos. Right. Well, gentlemen, this has gotten extremely interesting. You know, it just struck me too. In in reporting to whoever we need to report to to find out about the ship, um, this could be one of your questions you could ask if that's what you were going to do. Oh, you mean uh, ask uh, Dale F. Yeah. Where, when is the bomb most likely to? Where is the bomb most likely located? He's like somebody already asked me that question. It's already it's already going to be yeah. So see previous answer given blah. That's, or yeah, or it just says that's the question you last the last time the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like oh crap. Oh. Um. So, I, mean, I mean, it seems like they're already aware of it to some degree. So now it's a matter of tracking down the details when and where. This is like that movie Next, and it's all going to end badly. <laughs> so this has got 100% less Nicholas Cage. Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, we've, we've got a few minutes left. Um, you guys, from thinking of what you said earlier, that once you finished up here, you were thinking of going back to the apartment and then using the um, the codex to um, translate uh, right. this, yeah? Yeah. Yes. Because they'll need to spend some time with that. Mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll, we'll concentrate on the passages she marked first. Um, um, uh, go ahead. As I say, is that just Jacoby and Postgate doing the translation? Uh, no, uh, Natalia as well. Oh, yes. I'm with that. Yeah. Gotcha. Anyone else can join us if they want. Maybe just sit around and have coffee. Mm -hmm. right. Those that are actively taking part in the translation, nominate who is going to be your lead role. Well, I'm the one that's supposed to learn it to uh, mm. 
become one with Dea Laf. Mm -hmm. Okay. In which case, uh, Natalia and Postgate can both make um, rolls for int or cryptography. Fifty-two out of eighty, or fifty-two out of sixty, if it was cryptography. But either way, it's a pass. I got it. I got an eighty-eight out of eighty. Uh, any chance I can spend luck points on that? Yeah, you can do. Okay. Okay, so that becomes a regular success from Natalia. Yeah. And Postgate, as you've succeeded on both cryptography and your in, um, I'll give you an additional bonus for that and Luck has cut the time as well as mentioned previously. So Jacoby can make an int roll with three bonus dice. <laughs> nice. I have an 80 int, so... Given the way I roll dice, that is not necessarily going to say Well, the first roll is a 50, 59. 59.20 and 20... Nine. I think it's a well under half. I'm so dumb because <laughs> it's got a freaking line under it. <laughs> In which case, you are able to translate that section fairly quickly. You can probably get that done in a matter of, it's only a couple of pages, probably a couple of hours. Okay. So it still leaves you the rest of the afternoon then to, uh, to pursue afterwards. What the passage outlines is a very almost scientifically written this it does read a lot like a a manual or a blog of an experiment that one could replicate uh, rather than a spell in inverted commas okay but there is a couple of catches this process is referred to as beseech daloff where one goes to daloff and asks for um, asks a question However, the god only replies with yes or no. So it is probability. It refers to probability. It's either zero or one. It, it deals in absolutes. It doesn't um, deal in wide-scale answers. So you have to choose your question very carefully. Very carefully, logically. Mm -hmm. uh, this sounds like some sort of uh, sophisticated computer rather than some god. I, I believe that uh, we, you, your, your uh, estimations earlier were correct. Well, we have no, we have no evidence of alien True. existence. True. But, but I mean, she, she's thinking that it's a god, but it sounds like uh, an advanced type of a computer. Forgive my saying so, but it sounds like a big gigantic magic eight ball. No, it's more binary. It's either a one or a zero. That's right. true. It's it's a broken ma magic eight ball that just says yes or no. <laughs> just we'll an see. enormous coin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. there, I mentioned that's one catch that it's only a yes or no answer. There's there is reference to the fact it does take a toll on you whenever you do this. Hmm. But also, um, using the analogy of it being a computer you have to build your interface with it. It's referred to as the pentacle of the planes. Uh, this is a construct that needs to be built or it says that the caster, well, the um, performer, the ritualist will not survive the experience. 
given the fact that you've got enough uh, enough bonus die on this, you do, if you're flicking through um, the book, trying to find reference to Pentacle of the Plains, you do find reference to it in numerous places throughout the rest of the book. Um, but one area where it is concentrated more so than any others, and accompanied with a very big picture of what looks to be a pentagram. Which we have seen. Now, is this, is this her pentacle of the planes that we have seen, this thing? I mean, is that... That's I my assumption, yeah. Thing? It's, you felt it because um, you were standing on the different points of it when you went into that dark room. Um, it does give you a picture of what this thing looks like, though. Um, it could be potentially made of, well, maybe pottery, glass, metal. It's, it's a definite hard substance that forms this uh, shape that fits together like a jigsaw, jigsaw puzzle. Okay. So it doesn't have, it, it, it's not a specific type of material that we need to build this uh, interface. We could pretty much use right. anything. Okay. Depend, depending on the that, that might change when you then uh, when you translate that section, which will take a little bit a little bit more time. But you, or you, or you, she she may let us borrow her borrow hers. That's one thing that I was going to look for next would be is if is it specific to the person who created it only? You know, so now, um, can I use hers or can I do I have to? From what from what it looks like, once one of these is built, anyone can use it. It's not personalized. Right. Um, there are some other accoutrements, which um, one of them admittedly looks like a skull, um, but it's not a human skull because it doesn't have a face, it just has horns. I'll have to ask Equal about that. Mm -hmm. That's one of the components which is put at one of the points of the pentacle, uh, the pentacle when it's used. Otherwise, it looks like this is definitely something you need uh, You need to cast this. Otherwise, you, you don't survive a meeting with Daylock. This thing helps to contain it. Okay. Likewise, if you set this thing up and accidentally knock a point, that's also kind of detrimental to your health as well. Probably if I open my eyes, it'll, it'll destroy me. If I... Because casting in complete darkness is re highly recommended. <laughs> if I say something like... Uh... I ask a question that doesn't have a yes or no answer. I get struck by lightning. <laughs> ah, um, knowing that, because you've, uh, you've translated that section, uh, no, it, it actually would mean that it doesn't extract a cost from you because it can't give you an answer. I'm just wondering how many people have um, lost their souls and sanity from summoning Daloth and saying, do you know what next week's lottery answers are? <laughs> and going through all of that, and the answer they, rec they receive is, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mechanically, uh, getting to the mechanics point of it, uh, each casting takes five minutes of time to do once you've got a pentacle set up. Cost one six pow. 1d6 sanity points and a varying number of magic points. One for, the, one for the first question, then two for the second, three for the third, four for the fourth, and so on. It escalates each time cumulatively. Uh -huh. Now, does the PowerPoints don't come back, do they? 
there is a there is an optional rule um, called how casters get that way. If you perform an opposed power roll and roll at zero one, you then get to make a, a power check. If you fail, it's like a skill advancement. You roll one d ten and gain that much power. Um, also, if you roll at zero one on luck rolls, same thing. So there is a very, very, very slim chance of power coming back. But otherwise, normally, it's you spend it, it's gone. It's gone. The, 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 the more power you lose, the more willpower you're losing. So mm -hmm. Exactly. Like we said, phrase your it, questions carefully. Well, it brings up two, two very important questions. One is, if Eagle's 400 years old and she's done this, how is she in such good condition? She is blind. Spent all of this energy. The other one is, how exactly does um, does Miriam gain the knowledge from Daleth that we are the most likely people to kill her? What question, yes or no, could she possibly ask to find that out? If she didn't know who we were already, you know what I'm saying? The one they have mentioned about divination is probably a different spell. Okay, that works. That's All right. All right. And on that note, I think we will call it for a night. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Our players included Jeff Wilkins, Bill Mize, Mick Swan, Wayne Worthy, and myself with uh, with Matthew Sanderson as the Keeper of the Secrets. Did I get everybody? I think I got everybody. Right. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to gain a richer listener experience. We provide uh, audio-only versions of our show free for you to, to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron of our show, visit our Patreon account, just a dollar to a month. It will help us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows, and leave us some comments. We love reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Till next time, good luck and good gaming.